Well, today we have a special guest, Tina Fortin. I got to meet her a few weeks back, and she uh, contacted me and said, would you be willing to listen to what uh, the ministry I have here has been placed on my heart? And I said, great. And uh, I think we have a ministry here that we can be involved with as well, too, that hits right to where um, a lot of other ministries probably don't do. And uh, I'm not going to steal anything from her. I'm going to just let her uh, give this whole thing to you and presentation for you. But what I'd like you to do is have your hearts wide open, ready to be used by God to be able to participate in some way in this ministry that Tina's going to explain to us. But, uh, Tina, thank you for coming today. Good morning. It's good to be here with you all. Thank you so much. It's an, really an honor and a privilege uh, to be with you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Jim, for allowing me this opportunity. Um, I love the church, and I love to visit other home churches. And we come from a little bit of a larger church, um, not anything more valuable than smaller churches. So it's fun to be with smaller ones that are nice and intimate. And really appreciated your prayers, too, Pastor Jim. Um, My hope in being here this morning is uh, really to love God, to honor him, to exalt him, like our song said, to love people, um, and and, um, that it would make a difference uh, in our hearts and for eternity. So I'm just going to say a prayer, too, or a place of prayer, right? So it just would help. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you for the children, too, Lord, and thank you for the elderly. Father, we just thank you for every person that you have created in your image and that because of you, Jesus, we get to be redeemed to it and reconciled and loved by your grace. So I just lift up our time. I lift up any words that I say and anything I share that... um, that it would be of your glory. And if it's not, then people forget about it. (laughs) Thank you for the grace that's here today. Father, um, help us to do justice, to um, walk humbly with you, God. In your name, amen. Okay, so um, during these little presentations, I get to share a lot about um, myself and the ministry, but I thought today I would do something a little bit interactive so I could know my audience. And um, so the next slide says um, popcorn. So we're going to have popcorn and watch a movie and hang out. No, we're not. We're going to play a game called popcorn. And um, popcorn, what we do in popcorn is we act like popcorn. So either you're going to, if you're able to, you're going to stand up and sit down. Um, If you can't do that, then you're going to raise one hand or two hands if you really mean it or if you don't really mean it. Um, So hands and bodies are going to act like popcorn. So I'm going to say a statement or a phrase, and then you're going to, if you agree with it, then you're going to stand up or raise your hands. Okay? Okay. You ready? Uh, You drank coffee this morning. Okay, you drank tea this morning. You like matcha tea. That's just, okay. Okay. Um, You like Coca-Cola over Pepsi. Okay, you like Pepsi over Coca-Cola. Oh, wow. Okay. 
How about you slept through the night last night, all night? <laughs> wow. Okay, you didn't sleep well last night. Yeah, you're, you're with me. Uh, you were born in Oregon. Okay. Uh, you were born in another country. Okay, we're all U.S. Okay. Um, you have been overseas to other countries. Awesome. Okay. You speak more than one language. Okay, we're all English. You like to fish. Okay, how about cook? Okay, sports. You like sports? You like football, baseball? Yeah. Uh, what about sew? You like to sew? Still like to sew. Good. Yes. Uh, you were raised in a Christian home. Okay. Um, you were not raised in a Christian home. Uh, you were raised here at this church. Some of you. Okay. Uh, you have a child that is not following or seeking Jesus. Okay. You have children or a child that do love Jesus. Wonderful. Okay. You were an only child. Okay. <laughs> How about you were the oldest child? Oldest child, children? Okay. Middle children? Youngest. Ooh, wow. Okay. We're having fun. I got some more. Um, you were raised by someone other than your parents. Okay. You were raised by a single parent. Okay. You are single. Okay. You're, you've been divorced. Okay. Okay. You um, don't have children. Um, you have a, have lost a loved one within the last three years. Okay. You know you are a sinner. <laughs> you don't know. Some of us don't know that. You're still learning about Jesus and deciding who he is. Okay, you believe that life begins at con conception. You are unsure when life begins. Okay, um, you have a loved one or friend that is in a relationship that involves same-sex attraction. You are familiar with Satan and his lies. You are familiar with the armor of God, armor of God. You have a burden for the lost. You like dark chocolate. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for humoring me. Popcorn. Um, I really like to hear people's stories and get to know people, and I can't get to know all of you, so that's a fun way to, to get to know you a little better. Um, if you would like to come and visit the ministry house, um, you can set up an appointment with us to do that later on, and we can meet you more. Um, so the next slide shows my family. I got choked up rehearsing this, and um, 
I hadn't really done that before. Um, but here's a picture of my family. Um, my husband, Mark, he's up here. He's wonderful. Um, we've been married for 29 years, and by the grace of God, we're still together. Uh, you're familiar. He's very hardworking, incredibly hardworking. He's smart. He's fun. He's funny. He's wise. He loves sports, <laughs> and he loves fishing. He's a Portland firefighter. He's helped a lot of people and seen a lot of hard things and death. I'm really proud to be his wife, and I have a lot of respect for him. He's been my number one supporter in life and this ministry, and it's been hard. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll ever be able to fully express how much his love and kindness mean to me, but I wanted to honor him today. We have three beautiful daughters. They're amazing. They're young adults now, and we now have a son-in-law, too. Uh, this picture is from our middle daughter, Taylor's wedding. That happened in July. It was in the middle of the heat wave, but it was the most amazing and perfect day. It was too short. <laughs> Taylor's 24. She's smart. She's funny. She's compassionate. She played, and we watched a lot of soccer <laughs> in her younger years. Um, she loved her friends. She loved her teammates. She always loved school. She went away to Biola um, for her first year and a half at college, then came back, went to Concordia, then Concordia closed, then she graduated Pacific <laughs> in the pandemic. She has a bachelor's degree in education, but right now she is her husband's right-hand person in his painting business. She tried teaching last year, and that was, we've heard, one of the worst years to teach. So she's given it a rest for the moment. Um, our son-in-law, James, he's 23. He's kind. He's respectful. He's funny. He loves the Lord. He's responsible. He's a hard worker. He graduated from Cal Baptist with an English major, but about a year ago, he started his own painting business and um, re doing really great with it. Amanda's our oldest. She turns 27 this week. Uh, she's our firstborn. She was my right-hand girl uh, growing up. She helped a lot with her sisters. She was a little mommy. She has lots of friends. She was a volleyball player. She's been overseas on mission trips. She was a leader for youth ministry for several years. Um, she does hair for work. She had every weekend booked with weddings this year, and she loved it. Um, she has a station in downtown Gresham is where she works. Amanda is a very calm, she's been told that she's a very calm presence in people's lives, which is great for weddings, and she likes to laugh. Our youngest daughter is Emily. She's 21. She'll be 21 in December. She's played quite a bit of basketball in her lifetime, um, and we've got to watch her a lot. As a mom, I've gotten to travel quite a bit because of her basketball. Uh, she currently plays for PCC. Emily has a lot of energy. Um, she always liked to build things. She was a little entrepreneur. She's very kind and thoughtful. Um, all of our daughters make us really proud. We consider them gifts from the Lord and are thankful that God is at work in their lives. I have an unborn son, too. Um, I can be well enough to talk about him today. Sad he's not in the picture. Um, 
but someday we'll all get to know him, and we look forward to that. Uh, a couple of years ago in my into my healing journey, the Lord gave me this awareness that one of the reasons why I know that my unborn baby is so amazing is because of my born daughters and how wonderful they are. Okay, um, so as for me, I shared, I am a sinner. I'm saved by the grace of God through faith. You know, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 tells us it's not our own doing that we are saved. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that we cannot boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I got to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I was really privileged to get to raise our girls. Um, I have some little scribbles here I can't see. Um, I actually grew up around here. I went to Pleasant Valley grade school, and my bus route was up Clatsop, and um, so it's fun to yeah, be in this area. My senior award was most versatile. I taught racquetball lessons. I did a um, health and wellness business with supplements, and now I'm doing this ministry. Um, I do believe it's a call for my life to talk about abortion. And the one of the reasons is uh, because when other people did it at my home church, we do it every year. We have a sanctity of human life service. And um, at other places, I would hear about it, um, mostly Christian people. So it was talked about with gentleness and grace, but it helped change my life. Uh, the church loved my baby before I did. Jesus showed love for my unborn child, unborn child through his people and through his word when I hadn't loved him and didn't know how to. Even though we know that abortion is not the unforgivable sin, we're forgiven. Jesus paid the full price. There was still a lot of shame and regret and pain and grief and trauma that I had stuffed away, um, and that comes from believing this horrific lie and losing a child in that way. Uh, Randy Alcorn is from our home church, and he would come and share, and we have brave women that came and shared their stories, and boy, every time I just would weep, and it helped me to understand um, the pain that I still had. So the next slide is a picture of my parents, uh, my mom and dad. My dad is an obrist. If you're from around here, you might know obrist. He had um, 12, there were 12 siblings that grew up on a dairy over off of Foster. Uh, his parents divorced after having 12 kids. Uh, he dropped out of high school, uh, enlisted into the army, and that's where he met my, well, and he went to, the, and he went to Vietnam. That's where he met, um, I'm thinking I'm talking into this, but I'm not because I have this on. Um, that's where he met my mom, though, in Vietnam. And I'm so thankful to have a Vietnamese mom. Um, but my older, my, so my older sister was born in Vietnam. And then he, my dad brought my mom and my sister to America for a better life. And then they had two more daughters, and I was the third-born daughter. I'm the baby in the picture. Um... I love my parents very much. My, they're both very hard workers. 
Uh, my dad was a dump truck driver. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. But by the time I was 13, they were struggling in their marriage and life. And they didn't know the Lord. And they didn't know his ways. Uh, my dad was having affairs and out partying a lot. And then my mom, he told my mom to do the same. And my mom ended up meeting somebody and decided to divorce my dad and left him. It was really hard on me because she was a stay-at-home mom. And so I, my family, my foundation, and my security was kind of gone after that, broken. Um, and so I began to look for love in the wrong places also. And by the time I was 14, I found myself pregnant. Uh, the one person we told was the boyfriend's, one of the boyfriend's, or the boyfriend's sister. And I um, was really just going along with the world. And uh, she drove me to a place of abortion, dropped me off. I went in by myself, was there by myself. Um, I clearly remember the vacuum sound. Um, she didn't come back to get me. I had to call my older sister to come pick me up and tell her where I was. But I was just numb. I went home that day and just lied in my bed, didn't have any emotions. But today it's the biggest regret of my life, and I really hate being part of the post-abortion club. Uh, I battled with bulimia after that. All through high school, I binged and purged some way to control my life. I was a hypochondriac. I thought I was always going to die. I, there was a, something I was doing. I had very low self-esteem. I think after the abortion, I already had low self-worth. But after the abortion, I think the enemy really got his claws in me to make me feel worthless and not understand my identity. So I hadn't acknowledged my baby's identity. I didn't even understand who I was. Um, I longed for purpose. Um, I struggled with depression and severe anxiety at times. It is honestly the grace of God that I can be up here today and share with you. Um, we, and, and then there's the but God. This is one of the reasons I love Jesus so much, and it's mind-boggling to, to experience his grace. So um, then I met my husband at the age of 20. Life started looking up for me. I really just wanted to be a mom. I, I wanted the American dream, and I thought that that was what was going to fulfill me. We had three daughters. Um, so much to be thankful for. But I still felt like I was dying on the inside. Outside, I had everything. It looked like I had everything to be thankful for. Um, I come from a Catholic background, so I had always believed Jesus died to forgive me. I always believed in God, but I didn't understand personal relationship. But at the age of 36, um, well, before that, I started writing in a journal to God. And God answered my prayers and sent a couple new Christian friends into my life. And I went to visit one of their churches, which is Good Shepherd, where we are today. And that's where I heard the gospel. That's when I got saved. I was 36. I had one of those dramatic, defining moments when I heard the gospel and I was invited to pray. And when I prayed, it was as if, as if God literally breathed life into me by his Holy Spirit. I was switched over from death to life. It was as if he picked me up out of a big black pit of despair from crawling on a dirty ground. It shook me off and stood me on my feet. And from that moment on, I wanted everyone to know Jesus. Um, 
you know, and then we get into the word, the word becomes alive and God starts changing us, sifting us, sanctifying us. And you guys probably understand that being a daughter or son of the king of kings and lord of lords um, is not for the faint of heart. It's not that we don't have suffering anymore, but now we're learning to walk by faith like a child versus being dependent on myself and being um, dependent on the world. Now we're dependent on God. It's a good place to be, right? Okay, that's my story. Thank you for letting me share. Um, Now I get to share uh, a little bit about um, some statistics. And that's the next slide. It just says statistics. The world, Oregon, the church, chemical abortion. So it's been said that one in three people sitting in churches today on the weekends have been impacted by abortion. Um, And then to get some perspective on abortion, and and really a lot are still suffering in silence. Uh, To get some perspective on abortion numbers, we're going to look at some other causes of death. And um, the first one is COVID-19. So COVID-19 since 2019, um, approximately 6.6 million deaths around the world. Rwanda genocide in 1994, 1 million plus deaths. Cambodia genocide from 1975 to 79, 2 million deaths. The Holocaust. 1933 to 45, 13 million Europeans, including 6 million Jews. The Stalin Regimen, 1941 to 1653, 20 million. What remains mostly unseen is the genocide that kills more people in one year than all previous examples combined. Abortion ends the life of approximately 56 million people around the world every year. Preborn babies are the most forgotten people group, the voiceless, the most weak and vulnerable of us all, image bearers of God. Not sure if you all know, but Oregon has zero protective laws when it comes to abortion. I didn't need any parent's signature or to wait. I was 14. Um, It's still that way today. We hope that that changes, right, after elections. A little bit of sarcasm, though. Hey, at least it's the law to put up the sign at the bars and the restaurants. You know the one that says... Pregnancy and alcohol do not mix. Drinking alcoholic beverages, including wine coolers and beer during pregnancy, can cause birth defects. We also get to be one of those sanctuary states where we have late-term abortion. Um, We have one that's called Lilith Clinic in downtown Portland. Um, We fly people here to get abortions so that they can end the life of their children. Um, But like I said, we hope and we pray and we vote that things might change for the better. 
after elections. That would be so wonderful. Uh, one more statistic is about chemical abortion. I don't know if you're familiar with chemical abortion, but today over 50% of abortions are done with chemicals versus surgical. Or another, another term for it is medical abortion. When I was working for a pregnancy clinic a few years ago, I was assistant to the executive director. Um, I learned that OHSU was paying girls $50 to take these chemicals to end the pregnancy as a medical study. Today, you can buy these by mail or online without having to see a doctor, without having to um, see an ultrasound, um, which is very dangerous. You take them alone while you're at home. Um, if you haven't seen the true story, the movie Unplanned, it's a good movie to watch. It's a true story about a gal who worked for a Planned Parenthood and how God got a hold of her life. But before that, she was very blind. Um, you could also watch and learn more about chemical or medical abortion on YouTube. In my preparing for this talk, uh, I was looking up chemical and medical abortion, and, and there are a lot of videos that are like one, two minutes long that I believe people are, the companies are using to educate the, the people that are getting the pills by mail. Um, thousands and millions of watches on these YouTube videos. It's incredibly heartbreaking, I know, but it is the truth that sets us free and um, that might help to save a life in the future and also one that helps to bring healing in the Lord. There is so much trouble all around us and all around the world. People are hurting and sick and dying. Every day we have more reasons to trust God and to long for the hope of heaven and to share the good news gospel so that the lost will be saved and people can experience true, true joy and freedom. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Okay, um, I'm going to share about Garden of Hope Ministries now, but first of all, I want to make sure you guys aren't falling asleep on me. So I need um, six volunteers, and we're going to do a little exercise that I've done with youth groups and um, in schools. And so I would need you to come up, and I'm going to give you each a card. Does anybody want to come volunteer? I need six of you. All right. Okay, go ahead and take one. We need a couple more. We need two more. Wait, actually, I need seven. Oh. I lied. Thank you for volunteering. Wonderful. Okay, you can look at your cards. And what I want you to do is put them in order. So you can hold them out so everyone can see them. And then you, you work together as a team and put them in order. If you... 
<laughs> okay, how are we doing? Okay, good. Brains in the front. And then... Where's the front? Okay. All right. So we have brain, and then we have some different feelings and emotions, right? Um, disappointed, affectionate, excited, angry, lonely, and then behavior. Okay. So the middle ones, it didn't really matter what order they were in. It was really about is the brain first or is the brain last? <laughs> is your behavior first or last? Okay, so what this does is teaches the students um, about emotions and that really emotions are healthy um, and they're a gift from Lord, the Lord if they're contained and if they're directed at what is dear to God's heart. Sometimes our emotions can overwhelm us and cause us to make decisions first, right, before we use the brain. So the goal is to say, okay, we want to make decisions based on what we know to be true, what the scriptures say for us as believers, and, um, and have process emotions and then have a behavior. Does that make sense? So versus... Yes, making the decision based on these, all these feelings and emotions. Okay, did I explain that right? Um, allow for emotional freedom in between and ensure that your body and behavior moves last. So the goal is to make decisions based on truth versus emotions. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And, you know, lonely, angry, um, those are things that sometimes excited. We do, disappointed, we make decisions based on those things. And we all, oftentimes we have regret. And we don't want to have regret. Okay. Thank you for doing that. Um, so as far as Garden of Hope Ministries goes, so... I, one of the ministries I was hoping to do was get into classrooms um, and do some talks about truth, truth talks and um, identity, just creating, instilling worth and value. Um, I almost got into Centennial last year, but then there was a COVID shutdown. So I haven't got back into that. Um, we're still kind of trusting the Lord with that. There's a lot of other things going on. And, and I've thought about it too is, like, if I went into a big classroom, like, I would need to kind of be prepared for if there was a big response or if people needed, were in need. And I don't know that I am prepared. I would point them to the church. <laughs> um, so, but as far as our other ministries, so um, our goal, the foundation of Garden Hope Ministries is to love people, love God, love people. Greatest commandments. People including uh, the un preborn babies. They are just as valuable as born, right? Um, so um, also uh, foundationally, we're about the Great Commission to take the gospel um, to 
the world and out into the community. So we don't replace the church. We are the church that are being the hands and feet of God and um, trying to make a difference and, and get out and be obedient. Um, so one of the ministries is, oh, I won't do the bad news. Actually, I'll share. Bad news, good news. One of the things um, that I do that I share as being, people have told me I'm an evangelist. And so I share the gospel in a really quick way a lot of times. And I say, have you ever heard the bad news, good news? And people will be like, no, what, what are you talking about? It's like, is it okay if I share? And they say, yes. So the bad news I say is the Bible says that we all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Our sin separates us from God. The wages of sin is death. And the Bible also says that not one of us is righteous. And we see the effects of the bad news all around. Just turn on the news and look at our own relationships and all. Um, but the good news is, the greatest news of all, is that God had a plan from the beginning, that he loves us, um, that he would send his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and he lived a perfect life, um, and he loved people, healed people, taught people, but um, he gave up his life for us. So instead of us having to pay the penalty for our sins, he took the penalty for our sins upon himself, and he suffered, and he died, and was buried. And then really great news is that in three days, he rose again. And um, by that same power, he offers us forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. And then I say the Bible also says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that you would be saved. Isn't that great news? <laughs> um, for a while, I didn't. Uh, continue on and say, would you have you ever heard an invitation to accept and pray and believe Jesus? And um, some people will say yes. Like I've done it on the phone. I get calls from people. Um, uh, like, oh my gosh, my brain. What are the calls? Soliciting calls. Um, I'll turn it into sharing the gospel, <laughs> which is fun. And I've gotten to pray for people on the phone, and they've been so moved because. Um, Nobody's ever prayed for them like that before. So we have a lot of opportunities around us. Um, which leads to our next slide. Is um, One of the ministries we have is called Love Listens. I call it Love Listens is because um, some, we go out on the sidewalk and in front of a Planned Parenthood, and right now we're in front of the Rockwood one on 148th and Division. Some people would call us protesters, but... We are there, um, very prayerful, very gentle, never argumentative, um, and just to be a presence to God and be available to him. We go in twos or threes and go for two hours um, twice a month is what we're doing, one Tuesday and one Thursday a month. Um, but what we do is set up a table, and you can do the next slide. Yeah, here's the table we set up. It looks pretty welcoming, right? We've got flowers on it. We usually put a tablecloth on it. Sometimes we bake cookies. We bring pops and um, bananas and um, apples and water bottles. And we bring, actually, we also bring things for the homeless because we're finding a lot of homeless community that walks by. We'll bring socks and toothbrushes and toilet paper. Um, one time somebody took all of our little packs of tissue. And I was like, oh, I think they might. We maybe should bring toilet paper. Um, 
Our main goal is to advocate for the unborn, to be a presence in a very dark place, to say that we love life and um, we're here if there's somebody, sometimes we get like 10 seconds to talk to somebody that pulls in the parking lot of the Planned Parenthood, saying we understand that this could be a really difficult day, but we're here to offer support um, if you need it. And we've heard too that sometimes people won't even drive into the parking lot because there's people, there's a presence that we're out there. So we could, we don't know this side of heaven how we're making a difference for life, um, but we go and be, be obedient. Like I said, we pray, um, we don't have signs, we don't use megaphones. Uh, when we do connect, uh, this baby, his name is Karma. So we did um, meet a gal last year, and Vanessa, she, that's, um, actually, it was on the last slide. Vanessa had her baby, but we met her uh, there in front of Planned Parenthood, and she doesn't have a good mom in her life, and uh, it's been really fun to come alongside her. We still kept check in with her, see if she needs diapers or formula, find out what her needs are. But that is um, a hope that we have. We want to connect them to local churches, local resources, um, and let them know that there are free ultrasounds and free pregnancy tests offered at the local pregnancy clinics. Um, we do evangelism there. I do share the good news gospel there. Um, that's really what... God is like more opportunities that way than anything. Um, we've had probably five people accept the Lord since um, in the last year, which is pretty wonderful. We've probably given out 25 Bibles, maybe around the same gospel tracks. Um, we give out a little heaven booklet. Uh, I think next slide shows... Um, Baby models, I'm gonna pass these around. We use these and show them to everybody, even the homeless, anybody we get to talk to. We ask them if they know um, when their life began. We make it really personal. Do you know when your life began? And so these baby models are seven weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, and 10 weeks. And you can see that life is just so precious and delicate, if you can pass that around. So it, we, it moves into some good conversations about abortion, about life. We have tend to get a lot of men that share their stories with us out on the sidewalk. I think it feels like a really safe place. Somebody they don't know, we're females, we're kind. Um, and people have shared uh, just a couple weeks ago, a man that actually went to the same high school as me, uh, he shared that uh, a baby of his was aborted and he didn't get a choice in that. And he'd been homeless for about a year uh, and we said that um, his life was important. We told him we were really sorry that that happened, and we gave him some literature on healing for men. Um, he also, um, we also shared the gospel with him, and he ended up accepting the Lord. So that's, that was really fun. Um, we have talked to, there's a Muslim family um, in that slide, that came by and we invited them to an Easter egg hunt at a local church. Um, one of the little girls took an Easter book about Jesus from my stuff down below. And I was hoping that the dad didn't get mad maybe if she brought that home. We were just praying for protection because that can be, that can be, yeah, you don't know what the home is like. 
the 10-year-old boy was very mature and very kind and said, we believe in Allah, Allah. And, um, but they were, they were open to talking. So that's kind of what happens at, uh, on the sidewalk. And we'd love for more people to come if you're interested in coming with us and just observing and praying. Uh, we also um, ask um, for people to pray. You can get on a prayer list and be praying for that ministry. Um, this next slide is uh, pregnancy and parenting. So we have baby showers and we do meal trains. Um, we assist, we're working on uh, creating an application for assistance with uh, rent, uh, utilities, and automobiles. These young ladies that we are meeting and having um, that are being brought to us uh, don't have uh, resources like a lot of us do. And so it's really fun to get to bless them in that way. And um, we also are accepting donations now of baby items, baby diapers, baby formula. Um, and we had two baby showers in the last couple months, and they were really wonderful. People from our church and um, other churches were invited to come and just love on them. I don't shy away from telling them where our love comes from. Our love comes from Jesus. It's because we've been loved that we love them, and we want them to know that um, uh, they can come into the family of God through a personal relationship with him. And so if they want to learn more about it, um, we will be there for them. We want to connect them to the local churches. We want to do small group Bible studies with them. These women, some of them have bad, bad anxiety, so it's hard for them to go to a church. Um, so it's nice to have a retreat house that they will come to. It's a small setting and be um, the presence of God in their lives. Okay. Um, the next slide is on Hope Heals is what I call that program. And it's our post-abortion healing Bible study. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart because uh, I didn't think I needed healing because I had Jesus, but I was incredibly blessed um, to go through a healing Bible study and um, get to experience the Father's heart in that way. Uh, I, we have exercises that we do. So one of the things I put on, I do, when we start these classes is I put on these glasses and I talk to the girls about our, how we all have, we all have a world's view. We all see life through a lens, might be colored red or colored blue. We have an upbringing, the way we've been raised. Um, and that's, we, our worldview helps or is what, how we make decisions, right, in life. Um, the goal is to have the biblical worldview. So I put on the white glasses, the truth of Jesus and the truths of Scripture. So we can look at life through that lens and be changed. And that's why we need to be in the Word and have the Holy Spirit working in our life. And then I put on these glasses. They're really dirty. Um, they're heart-shaped glasses, and with these, um, exemplify is the Father's heart for us and for them in the Bible study. Um, we want them to know the Lord's compassion for them. It's a very difficult thing to come and be vulnerable like that, and so um, 
it is a, a wonderful experience of the Father's heart to be in that study, and, and I am privileged to get to lead it. And I, my hope is that I will, I have a couple ladies going through it right now, that I will, there will be some leaders coming out of um, these classes. I did have two ladies that came into my church and recorded a video and shared their testimony. I was hoping to have it for you guys today, but it didn't get done. But if you sign up for our newsletter, you'll probably get to see that or it'll be on our website. But they were so brave to be filmed in that way, to share their testimony about the healing that God has given them. And um, so trying to think if there is more about Hope Heals. Um, there is so much shame and so much hiding that happens through that. We also have resources for men. Um, we don't have a Bible study yet, but we have a book back there. Um, there's some, this is a pamphlet that says, Fathers, Father No More, Where Are the Fathers of Abortion? This is a card I'll have um, for the Bible study that um, if you're interested in that. Um, one of the things that the Lord put on my heart recently is in this Bible study, we write one of the sessions or a couple of the sessions, we write letters. We have a session where we, uh, where we process anger. There's some emotions and things that we need to get out. And um, so we write anger letters to, to not necessarily to people, but what people have done to us, what we have done to our baby. Um, we might write a letter to God. We might write a letter to Satan. We might um, write a letter to the lack of laws um, to the church. You didn't stand up for my baby or um, to the father of the baby. So letters that help us to process feelings and emotions, and, and we don't send them, though. But we read them out loud, which impacts one another. It's a very sacred and intimate time that we have together. But one of the things I was thinking about for men is if anybody, if you know anybody or you yourself have been through, have led a woman to abortion or have been apathetic and didn't stand up for your baby and protect, um, if you feel led to write a letter and send it into the ministry, you could, it could be anonymously sent in. You could send your name. But I think writing a letter could be really healing. It could be a letter even addressed to the mother of the baby. Like if you wanted to say, it could be a forgiveness letter. But I think that could bring a lot of healing to a person and just would encourage that. And, and if you give permission uh, that I could share it, even through a newsletter or on our website, that could also bring healing to other people. So it's a way to minister not only to your own heart and let God minister to you, but also to others. So if the Lord puts that on your heart or if there's anybody you know that could um, benefit from doing that. Um, the next slide is a memorial. This is a bronze sculpted statue of Jesus holding a baby, sitting on a bench next to a young lady. The first one was made 20 years ago and was made um, for Michigan. The gal lives in Wyoming that makes them. But she um, has made 44, I'm going to get my numbers right, since she made the first one. And she never imagined the impact that God, um, that how God would use this statue. And I think because we can be so visual. She said it's a lot of times it's the men 
that see this statue and they've written in letters that um, how it's changed their life and brought healing to them. Um, people that have donated money that it just changed their life that they got to be a part of that ministry to have this Garden of Hope Memorial Monument. Um, when I called the lady, she was so thankful or so excited that someone from Oregon was interested because there isn't one in Oregon or Washington or Idaho. So it's in our prayers as far as how God's leading and when to do that, where to put it. We have, we're on four acres where the ministry house, and I always imagine like a serenity garden behind the barn, but then I don't, I don't know if that's where God wants it or if it should be in a cemetery where it's more accessible. I did visit two cemeteries recently, and I'll share a story. A little story from that is there was a man that was working in one, and I talked about abortion, talked about the monuments, and he said, oh, I can't go there. He said, I have seven older sisters. And what he meant, I think, by that is he's a man. He can't make a decision about abortion. Women, it's a woman's choice, is what he's believing from the world and the lies. So I went to my car, got this book, and I got some other resources and, and gave it to him. Um, but I wanted to touch on that, just a little statement, too. It's like, how do you respond to that? My body, my choice. It's, it's, I never wanted that choice. I shouldn't have had that choice. Um, it wasn't just my body. There was another body. There was a baby. Um, and there's a father that when you say it's a woman's right to choose, then it takes away responsibility of the man and rights of the man. A woman has full rights to abort a baby, even when the father wants to keep it. We have an elderly man in our church, and he's always saying, Tina, Tina, please speak to the men. Like, please. Like, he led a woman to abortion years and years ago, but it just troubles his heart still to this day. And he wants men to know, um, for one, that it's your job to stand up and protect the baby. And um, also that Jesus loves them, that he wants to heal them. And um, so I wanted to share that too. Okay, next slide is Ministry House Project. So our this house is located on Jenny Road in Foster. It's not too far from here. Um, if you know where Space Age Gas Station is, there's a 1913 home. It's actually owned by my parents, and uh, we rent it. The ministry rents it from them. But it's a place that my husband has put a lot of time and talent into it, along with a lot of other people. But my husband's the one, he had to raise the stair rail was like too short because <laughs> it wasn't up to code. So he added a section on it. He's very talented. Um, and then we had our growth group, small group at our church. They came, and they're, um, they're a lot of the reason why we even started this ministry. They're like, Tina, if you start something, we'll support you. And so they came and helped clean. Um, the house, though, is for mainly, it's not housing right now for maternity. We have resources for that. We, we can connect people to that. But it's a house that's set apart for healing, for one. Um, we do the Bible study there. It's a home base for the ministry. 
Um, it's, also, it's just a house where people walk in and they just feel the presence of the Lord and just feel welcomed and loved and safe. Uh, we have the, the Bible study is seven weeks long and the seventh week is a, uh, is a retreat. So we have beds upstairs. We have dinner together. We have breakfast together. Um, it's a place that they can set aside their home life and just come and be with the Lord and be with one another. And so we've heard that it really means a lot to have that place. And we're really blessed to get to provide it and be a part of it. It's been a lot of work, though. <laughs> um, it's another house to keep up. Um, it had also, it's also been very personal to me because it's what my parents own, and it's part of, my, of God redeeming my relationship with my father. He lives across the street. He comes over, and we go for walks. And um, he's starting to have signs of dementia. And, but he, we prayed for six months that my dad would rent this house to us because he wanted to sell it. And God softened his heart. And now he just he expresses how great it is, and he's really proud of me and us. And so it's fun to get to have that um, with my dad. Um, next slide. Oh, Grace Grows. Grace Grows. Um, I had the idea, the Lord put on my heart to do something. Have you guys heard of Adorned in Grace? It's a human trafficking, uh, well, it's, they sell wedding dresses, um, but it, they create awareness about human trafficking. So I thought, why don't we do gardening and create awareness about abortion and the uh, sanctity of human life? And so we've had gosh, three or four little small group events this summer where people have come out and we've, they've helped um, create flower beds. People have come and rototilled um, one of the rows in the field. We planted dahlias and the Lord planted pumpkins. <laughs> so we got a row of dahlias and then we also got, I got a basket of pumpkins that just started coming up in the mailbox flower bed. And I was like, wow. What is that? Like for a long time, that's the this corner right here. That big plant just took over that flower bed. And then, um, so that's the harvest that we've gotten from the grounds there. And that's been really fun to have people come out and partner with us in that way. So we hope to do a little more next year. Maybe um, doing like adopt a row or adopt a flower bed. Um, okay, I think that's it on Grace Grows. Um, so we, uh, I'm just really grateful to get to come share with y'all today. Uh, does anybody have any questions? It's a lot of information. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, if you'd like to partner with us, if you'd like to receive a newsletter, please sign up. There's an insert in your bulletin with contact information. If you'd like to um, join our prayer team, you can mark that. Um, if you'd like to come and help volunteer, you can write your, what you're interested in helping with. Um, if you're interested in the healing program or want to talk anything about that, you know that's a really difficult thing to come forward with, but um, we hope that you do. And if God is pressing it on your heart to do that or do something, I'd encourage you to respond and and let God love you in that way. Um, and then financially, if the Lord puts it on your heart, if you'd prayerfully consider helping us financially, 
um, donating a one-time gift and or monthly supporting us. We're about halfway to our budget. Um, we've raved, we're getting 2000 a month right now, and 4000 a month is our budget. So if you're, um, like I said, if you want to prayerfully consider to partner in that way, we would appreciate and so value you in that way. Um, all right. I'm going to end with a verse. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes so that we may have, that we have life and have it to the full, abundant life. Um, thank you, everyone. Appreciate you. And thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you, Tina. I hope you heard the words she said about the ministry of Garden of Hope, being able to uh, minister to women and men on both sides of this, this issue, being able to come alongside the women and uh, um, show them God's love before, during, and after the whole situation of abortion. Um, we've got opportunities to participate in that. And if that's something that God's laying on your heart, then I encourage you to fill out this form uh, if you'd like to receive the newsletter and all that. And you can place it in the black box back there. We'll make sure. Or you can hand it to her. Actually, that would probably be the best way. If you want to give, though, uh, financially to the ministry, you can use a, an envelope, if you'd like, in front of you, a pew envelope. And uh, you can uh, write any checks and make them payable to Garden of Hope. And you can place that in the black box. And we'll make sure that Tina collects those funds as well. Either way, one way or another, be able to, you can hand it to her and go see her. She's going to be in the back there with her husband, Mark, and you can visit with them uh, after the service and talk with them maybe a little bit more about uh, ministry before you head on downstairs for our fellowship time. But uh, we're going to have our worship team come on up, and they're going to lead us in the last couple songs. And I trust that God is speaking to your heart about the opportunity to be part of this ministry, a refreshing ministry that, again, expresses God's love in, the, in these, uh, these women's lives and men's lives as well, too. So let me pray, and then we'll, we'll get into some singing. Lord, thank you for bringing Tina to us today. And Lord, thank you for her husband who gives her such great support as well. And I pray, Lord, that you would use the ministry of Garden of Hope for, for your glory. And Lord, if, if you place upon our hearts to be able to uh, be used by you in this ministry, Lord, help us to take the steps forward in obedience and to be used by you. Whatever, Lord, you place on our hearts, I just pray that we would be obedient to you in that way. But thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear from Tina and the ministry that's going on in the Garden of Hope. And Lord, we pray your blessing upon it. We pray, Lord, also too, that you would just continue to grow that ministry and reach these young women and men for, for your kingdom. And Lord, thank you uh, for where you place them. And we pray, Lord, again, uh, just your blessing upon them. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.